You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Leading Lady Fitness Podcast. This is Steph Wilberting, your host. Here, we'll be talking about all things wellness, how it impacts our journey and affects the way we show up in the world. Hey team, thanks for listening to this episode of the Leading Lady Fitness Podcast. Please give us a like, a follow, a review, a subscribe on all the different listing platforms and uh, follow me over on Instagram at leading underscore lady underscore fitness to stay in the loop for all things happening in the Leading Lady Fitness community. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good one. Hello, team. Welcome to this episode of the Leading Lady Fitness Podcast. I am here with uh, my friend, Nick Cartel, who has graced the Broadway stage numerous times, traveled the world, uh, and is one of the most talented people I know. And I'm so excited to have him here to chat with us today. Nick, how are you? I'm good. How are you? It's so good to see you through a screen. I know. But still. But we have seen each other in the neighborhood. It's so nice. Yes, we have to be back and seeing people in person. It's really a thrill every time. So I'm really excited to have you here today. Um, interestingly enough, this um, this season of our podcast, we're talking to a good percentage of men in the in, in, for our episodes. And while it's the Leading Lady Fitness Podcast, I do feel like my role here is to talk to everyone about their journey with self, journey with body, taking care of ourselves, because there's so many unique perspectives out there. And I really do value your time and interest to to talk to us today. First off, I want to kind of dive right in um, and talk about your relationship to taking care of yourself in the last two years of this pandemic and what has, what happened, what changed, what shifted your turn. Uh, well, uh, a lot changed and shifted, right? Um, for me, I, you know, going to the gym was a regular habit. I've I've never been that type of person that goes to the gym. I mean, we met through Mark Fisher Fitness, and and you know, that's how we have worked out together and all of that. I was never somebody that grew up going to the gym. I was always the person that would walk into a gym and didn't know what to do. So I just kind of stand there and like, all right, I'll go and pick this up and put this down. Like that was what I did. And so over the years, after working like with you and other people, I have found a training that has worked for me to, to keep me healthy and to keep me going at, while, while I've been out on the road, on tour, or doing a show. Um, but once everything stopped, 
it was all the gym shut down. So then I was trying to work out in my apartment. And then my wife and I also had a baby right at the beginning of the pandemic, which was amazing um, to have a little life that we get to take care of and watch grow every day. However, everything kind of shifted onto this little person. And for a, a good chunk of the pandemic, it was just taking care of her, making sure that she was good to the point where I kind of lost uh, a sense of working out, a sense of self. Um, and I am now starting to find that again. And it is a struggle because I am older and life has changed and all of that. So it's finding also the time to dedicate to that and to give the the permission to myself to go to the gym to work out. It's one of those, you know, things. You know, uh, the thing you said about getting older and finding time, it made me think about when I, right before we met, I'm going to say about eight to 10 years ago, when I was really redefining my relationship with fitness, um, I took so much time out of my day, right? I like commuted to the gym. I worked out, I commuted home. It was like three hours of my day, but I was happy to do it because something was shifting and something was sticking, you know, and I was showing up for myself. And now that that habit has been created and albeit sometimes I need to re-explore it and how, how it is or isn't going, I do think we can get a little bit more creative with how we get things done now. And I'm curious, like, what does that look like for you now? Now you said that you've had to kind of readjust. What does that readjustment look like? I mean, the readjustment was, I was always one of those people that would get up. Usually it's get up, have a cup of coffee and go to the gym. Like I want to get my workout done first thing in the day. I'm not a mm -hmm. nighttime gym person. And I want to go to the gym when it's not busy because I hate feeling like people are watching me. So I like to go when it's like, you know, like middle of the day, but now it's shifted to going when the baby is taking a nap. So that way then I can go and because my wife, Christine is still working at home. She also has time where she's just not where if, if she is working or something like that, the baby's, she can put the baby down and it's just, she then has her time to do what she needs to do. So it just, everything has shifted. Yeah. It's an interesting, like the thing that was what you were trying to like, I'm going to say avoid when you're like, I didn't like to be there when everyone else is there. I like to have my own space. And now that's like completely gone because you're like, it's just about maintaining structure and getting the time in for yourself when you can. Exactly. Exactly. And and yes, I will have to go. And sometimes I have to wait for a rack for 10 minutes, but it's still not as busy as when you show up at six o'clock at night or seven right. o'clock at night. And it's everybody who has been at work all day. And now you're waiting an hour for a rack. I'm yeah. like, not about that. I know for me, it was always like, I don't do good working out at home. I'm not an, I'm not, a, I, I need community. And I do still love that. I'm not saying that I don't, but because of the pandemic, I was like, well, I have to take care of myself. So what is the option? And the option is doing it at home, you know? So, and we get, and we readapt um, because the priority is, is there. And then we readapt that um, the behavior. Tell me a little bit about um, just like, over the years, we've kind of had conversations like this on the side before, like what has a major struggle with working out or food been for you? And what kind of light bulb maybe shifted where you're like, oh, like that's, that's the thing. Like, for example, for me, I was always working out to lose weight. 
always. And still, to be completely honest, probably always will have that thought in my head because that's just been part of my life forever. Um, and then when I started to connect the dots of how it affects my mood, how it affects my health, the desire to show up shifted. Any, I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. So for me, I've always been a sweet person. Like I'm, I'm sweets are still to this day. Uh, give me a carton of ice cream at night. I'm, I'm golden. Um, and the shift or the, the thing that I've realized is that not only do I have to start taking better care of myself uh, because of my career, but also I have to take better care of myself because now I have another life that is dependent upon me. And uh, so that is where we are in the journey of fitness for me now. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So something I'm curious to hear your take on is over the years, how has your relationship with food and training shifted and what kind of like light bulb moments have you had around that? Like my example is I've always approached it both how I eat and how I choose to train as a way to lose weight. Like that's been my go-to thing and it's shifted in the last decade, but it's always there. And I, and I'm accepting and actually comfortable with the fact that it always will be there. Um, but that light bulb for me was how can it be about more than that? How can it be about mood? How can it be about, um, uh, the energy I have for my day-to-day life? So I'm curious what your take is on that. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm the same. I'm my, take on working out was always working out to lose weight. Um, and it has shifted more into working out to feel better, but also working out to, to have more energy, but to look better, to, um, to, uh, to make sure that I am in strong physical shape for my career, but also for my daughter, for my wife, so that I'm here for, however long for a very, very long time. Um, and I think that that is the thing that has really shifted for me. It was always about, you know, losing weight and growing up. I was always the, I was always the, what you would call fat kid growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was on Jenny Craig in high school because that was what my mom was doing. That was what my dad was doing. And so we were going to lose weight as a family. Um, so I've always had a weird relationship with food because of that. Um, which is still one of those things that I struggle with to this day because I'm such a sweet eater. I love ice cream and candy and just give me all that stuff. Um, that it, it definitely is. There's still times where I have to remind myself that there's, there's a bigger picture. I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to eat an entire tub of ice cream at night. That's not good. That's (laughs) not necessarily good. (laughs) Well, I, I think it'd be interesting to ask you know, many people, you know, how, you know, I used to train to fill in the blank. And as I get older, I train to fill in the blank, right? I think you'll have very similar, but different answers. And I think it is a really fascinating conversation. Um, um, so speaking of for performance, training for performance, I had the pleasure of seeing you at the Pantages in LA when you were on tour with Les Mis. Um, and, um, you know, we have a lot of friends in common, so I was prepared and I was told in advance, brace yourself for his performance. (laughs) (laughs) 
namely brace yourself for the end of bring him home. And I was like, okay, so I'm in the orchestra, wherever I was sitting, bracing myself for this. Actually, I was in the balcony. Now I remember. And I, this is not a question. I'm just, I'm just going to flatter you. And, (laughs) um, you got to that final note of bring him home and you could hear a freaking pin drop in the middle of a what? 2000 seat theater. And it was this like effortless falsetto effervescent glorious sound from the heavens above that lasted for 25 minutes it felt like and I could not keep my shit together when everybody started (laughs) clapping I like exhaled oh my god so anyway I don't think I've had a chance to actually tell you that (laughs) it It was was, it it it, it's my it was doing that show is was is a dream come true um and to do that number in particular was just the highlight of the night, every night for me to get mm. to sing that song with an orchestra and, and, you know, just the, the journey to get there and, and what it meant. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. It was my I favorite did. moment too. Yeah. It's oh, amazing. Um, so let's talk about that role and let's yeah. talk about, um, how your self-care shifts or shifted for that or for other roles that have, I, I'm, I'm assuming most roles haven't felt that demanding yet, but that role's a beast. She's a beast. She's a beast of a role. How'd you train for it? Um, Training for that was, so I, during one of the rehearsals, I wore my, my watch and I was like, let's put on my, my like steps, see Mm -hmm. how much I'm actually tracking during the show. And I tracked about a mile and a half each show just without, just without doing anything, just walking and, and, doing my normal track. But that show was different because not it, it's such a vocally demanding role, which I think a lot of people recognize, but I don't think people recognize how physically demanding oh. it is. I mean, Valjean is is hit, beat up. He is constantly, you know, being thrown around that stage. He has to lift a human man on his shoulder. He has to carry him in di- several different positions, climbing over the barricade, all of those things. So for me, the the working out for that role was not only to, at the beginning, it was to gain the strength in order to do it, but then eventually it became like kind of a maintenance. Mm-hmm. So it was still working out five to six days a week in order to do that show because it also, working out also then was the thing that got my breath going in the morning. And then I would be able to warm up after my workout. So I had, there was such a regimen out on the road which I miss, uh, to, to, in order to do that role. Um, so it was an hour to an hour and a half of working out in the morning and then coming back and doing 30 to 45 minute vocal warm up, maybe taking a nap, doing another little warm up, lots of water. Like Mm -hmm. that was down to like clockwork for me when I, once I figured out how to do it and there were also working through injuries. I tore my meniscus while I was out doing the show and I didn't stop. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just my knee pads were too tight. I didn't know that I'd actually hurt my knee. Um, and so that was figuring out how to modify my show while also doing physical therapy, while also still doing the show at night in order to keep my performance going and stay as healthy as possible and also gain strength in the areas that needed for my knee. So all of those things kind of coincided with doing that show for two and a half years. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, you listen to that description and not that there's a lot of people saying this, but we've all heard it before of like, well, you only work from eight to 1130 at night. Like, wow. Like, what do you do all day? You know, or Broadway performers make a lot of money for not working many hours. And you're just like, well, let me spell it out for you. You know, let me spell it out for you. And and then on top of that, you have press and you have other things that you're doing and mm-hmm. things for your, for your normal daily life. Right. Of just like doing your laundry, going mm-hmm. to get food, groceries. If you're in a city where you have a kitchen cooking, getting to the theater, warming up, meetings, rehearsals, all of those other things that come into your daily week to week that when people sit down in a theater, sometimes they go, oh, well, that was, they did a great job. And you're like, do you know how much it took to do that job tonight? Right, right, right. <laughs> that, was, that was six hours of my life before I even stepped foot into the theater in order right. to present the show that you're going to see for the next three hours. It's not like it's an hour and a half with no intermission and a light, yeah. lovely musical. It is three hours of heavy lifting and heavy singing in to give you the product that you are you want to see, which yeah. I'm more than thrilled to be able to present to you. But there is a lot that comes with it and a lot of sacrifice that comes with yeah. it too. Yeah. Um, on that note, so I heard this interview with Harvey Firestein a while ago, and the que- a question was asked of him, which was, what is the responsibility of the lead of a show? And he said... I think that the lead of a show, their responsibility is to harness and help the energy of everyone in the theater from the ushers to the pit, to the wardrobe, to the cast. It is their responsibility to lead that energy. And I thought that was really interesting. And and for me being in fitness and in theater, I thought, oh, I like that idea of like, how can I help? lead my community in their, in their self-care and in their taking care of themselves in their, in their self-care and, and energy. And that's where that came from. So my question for you is twofold. What do you think the responsibility is of a leading man? And also, how do you think the Broadway leading man aesthetic has changed or what does that feel like as being somebody who is under that umbrella of a broad of a Broadway leading man. Interesting. So I really think that what Harvey said is 100% accurate. Um, Because for me, leading a company, it's about inclusion. It's about making sure that everybody feels valued, everybody feels seen, everybody feels respected. um, And nobody ever feels left out. And that is a hard thing to do day in and day out when you also are traveling the country. Mm-hmm. But it also, in some respects, makes it easier when you're traveling the country because you are all together 24-7, 
most of the year. And so you're, a lot of people say that when you tour, it's a family. It really is a family. You celebrate everything together, just like you do in any show that you do. But at the end of the day, you also all usually go back to the same hotel. And then you're all hanging out together that night to watch a movie or something like that. And so it's about not only doing, and then I think it's also about um, making sure that when you show up to do the job, you're going to give 100% because that's what you expect everybody else to give. And even if you feel tired that day or you feel exhausted, you still are setting an example and setting the energy for that day and how it will then spill off of the stage into the audience, you know, because that's we, we as human beings, we as performers, that audience feeds us. And so if you're giving that energy, they're going to give that energy back to you. And that's what I love about theater. That's why, I mean, that's why we do what we do. You know what I mean? We're right. in this business called show. Yeah. Um, I think that, that the, the umbrella of leading man has shifted a bit on Broadway in a good way, right? Mm -hmm. Because now I feel like there's more and more younger and younger leading men. When you think about Evan Hansen, when you think about just shows that have your leads are becoming younger. And so I think that it's also, there's a responsibility. Like I have learned great things. I've learned how to be a great leader and I've learned how to be a whore. Like I've seen what makes a horrible leader. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's about making sure that the next time that I am in a show that maybe I am supporting that lead whatever, whoever that lead is, is making sure that I am still giving the energy that I know how to give the, the, the leading man energy, the leading man. Um, it's my job, right. Mm -hmm. To, to make everybody feel included so that it speaks to that person that then could become the next leading man or is in that position that can then take on that mantle and step up and to the plate and do it. But I think that there are some people that, that just have that energy and have that mindset and that it's just kind of effortless in order to do it. And, but then I feel like there's other people that maybe just have never seen what that feels like or have, has never experienced it. And so sometimes it is, there's a learning curve mm -hmm. with getting to that point. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think that I like this idea of, you know, being the example for someone, if you are in that position, because who's to say, what that person's journey is going to be or career is going to be. And they're going to be like, you know what? I was in this show. Nick Cartel played the lead of the show and he did this, this, and this, and he led us so well. And I'm going to take that with me. Right. I mean, I remember when I was doing Jesus Christ Superstar, I was, a it was my Broadway debut. I was a swing principal understudy. Um, and I had to go on it really crazy situation, but I had to go on for Judas at the last minute with no rehearsal. And I remember our Jesus, Paul Nolan, just writing me a postcard and just left it in my dressing room, just being like, go out there. We've got your back. You know, like, I, I don't remember everything it said, but I just remember reading that and taking a breath and being like, oh, okay. Like yeah. he didn't have to say anything because at that moment I couldn't hear anything going on. I was going over everything that I had to do. That is something that I have taken and put into motion when I yeah. do a show. Anytime yeah. that I have got a, an understudy going into a principal role for the first time, 
I always write out a handwritten note and I leave it at their station. That's awesome. That is something that that they can recognize because it's a lot of noise that first time you're going on. There's emotions, there's nerves. But if you can sit and just read that and know that we've got your back, we're all out there together, it hopefully will give you a moment of calm in this sea of just crazy. <laughs> I have a, I'm going to share a story. This has nothing to do with you or I, but it's in this, it's about this leading man supporting the understudy. Um, I had a friend uh, in the cast of Curtains. Did you ever see that show? I didn't. I didn't get a chance to see it. Okay. So he understudied David Hyde Pierce, who was the lead, right? David Hyde yeah. Pierce played this detective of some sort. So they got their closing notice and something happened where technically he didn't need to take any time off because they got their closing notice, but he had planned a vacation and this understudy who was my friend was going to eventually get to finally go on. But then the closing notice came, blah, blah, blah. So David Hyde Pierce like took a half a week off anyway. And he was like, this guy has worked too hard to not go on. So he let, so he went on. My friend shows up to the dressing room and there's all these like prop, you know, badges and things like that. He had made him his own prop badges with his own pictures in it. Like no one in the audience is going to see this, right? It's just a prop. Um, and then on the Thursday night of that week or something like that, um, I think, I don't know why I remember it being Thursday, but when this guy went on, David came to the theater and watched the show and supported his friend. And I'll never forget it. I was like, he went so out of his way to take care of me going on. He could have just kept the shows, kept the job, and I never would have gone on, you know? Um, I think that's just such a great story. So sharing it with you and all the listeners. Speaking of shows, here we go. First of all, I want to say thank you for being here. I think there's some really interesting things that we got to talk about today. I hope our listeners have um, enjoyed it. But I always like to end with a little rapid fire, fun Q&A, first thing that comes to mind. Um, are you ready? All right, let's go. Okay. Let's do it. First show, not Broadway show, first show you ever saw. Cinderella. Great. Like a theater works tour. Awesome. Cinderella. First Broadway show you saw in New York. Broadway show? Broadway show you saw. Victor Victoria. What? We missed. I know. Can you believe it? Uh, my first trip to New York, I came with my parents and my brother and we, my dad got us tickets to Victor Victoria because of Julie Andrews and she left the week before we came. <laughs> that has never been anybody's. I've never heard it. That's really funny. Okay. Um, first Broadway show you did? Jesus Christ Superstar. What is a dream role that you have not played yet? The Phantom and Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yes. Um, a dream show that you would love to be in that maybe you're just like in. Is there a score you've never got to sing professionally? Anything like that? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, listen, I feel like it is a show, even though it's a movie. And so I'm going to say The Greatest Showman. Great. Love if that. If that comes... And I feel like because Hugh Jackman played Valjean in the movie that I, since I played Valjean on stage, I can play it in the stage production. Does that make that sense? That makes complete sense to me. I think it totally makes sense to everybody out there. Thank you. you yes. Listeners agree. Um, what show would you like to see revived? Musical. Would you like to see revived? Ooh. Um, my favorite year, I think is a great show. Yes. I love, I just love the school. I think the story's fun. I think it's a great musical comedy. Um, also, The Secret Garden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. I'd love to do it. Um, yes, me too. What is your favorite neighborhood in New York City? I love the Upper West Side. Um, 
but I really love our neighborhood. Okay. I live up in Washington Heights yeah. and there's just something with the park and families and kids running around and it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just charming. It is very charming. It's very beautiful. charming. Yep. What's your favorite restaurant? New York City. Ooh, uh, Becco. That's uh, on, on yeah. Restaurant Row. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What is a hidden skill or talent that you have that people maybe don't know about? Ooh. Oh, I don't know. Uh, hidden skill or talent. This isn't really rapid fire, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have one. You know a I mean, lot I, about, I know, I know one. You know a lot about wine. I don't know that much about wine. Really? I don't think that I know that much about wine. I might drink a lot of wine, <laughs> but I don't know that much about wine. Um, fair. That's fair. I'll take that, you. That, you know, that, that, there you go. Okay, great. We'll, we'll say that. Okay. And last but not least, what's something that in this moment today you're extremely grateful for? My wife and my daughter. Yes. Awesome. Every day. I am so glad that we got to do this. I really appreciate your time um, and being part of this conversation. Thank- Can I just say thank you, Steph, because you bring every time that we talk, it can be like we haven't, I mean, we, we hadn't seen each other in years when I was in, in LA with Les Mis and, and it was like, we picked right up like the energy that you bring, you bring your full self to everything that you do. And I think that it is a testament to who you are and a testament to just, you want to see a better world for, for people and you see people. And so thank you for, for always making sure that you bring your full self to everything you do. Oh my God. Thank you. I'm got extra liquid coming out of my eyeballs right now, all of a sudden. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, you guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Nick, what's going on with you that we can keep our eyes out or follow you or listen to you or just you follow can you on find Instagram. Me on, find me on Instagram. Uh, you can, you know, uh, I think that that's the best place. I, you know, I'm just right now I'm being a dad Yeah, and that's exciting. You know, I'd never thought that we would have the two years that we've had to just watch our little girl grow. And although yes, COVID sucked, it sucked massively for the industry, for, for the world. There was also something magical in that moment that we were able to just take a breath and be there for our, to watch our little girl grow up. And yeah. so now we're excited to see what the future holds. So, yeah. but follow me on Instagram. There you go. You'll see lots of cute pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to have, we have to find those silver linings. We have to. Um, you have yeah, to. Yeah. All right, team. Thank you so much for listening. Nick, thank you for being here. And until next time, have a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leading Lady Fitness Podcast. Thank you for following, subscribing, liking, reviewing, all the things to help get these wonderful conversations in more ears. Have a great day and be well. Thanks for joining us today. Check out other episodes on all streaming platforms, including the Broadway Podcast Network app. Be well and see you next time. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.